you know, 99 out of 100 people, Todd, are not going to accept my, my deeply discounted offer. But you're going to catch that person on the right day that needs our help or wants to get rid of this burden or forgot they owned it or thought they sold it three years ago. And we come across people that want to get rid of this land. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. And uh, today, I'm excited to introduce Brent Bowers. Brent, how are you doing today? I'm really good, Todd. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for joining me. And a little bit about Brent. He is an investor and a coach with a focus on buying and selling vacant land. And as an army officer with over eight years of service, and by the way, thank you very much for that. Brent was spending a great deal of time away from his family and he knew he needed to make some changes to be with his family, with his wife and kids. And so he began investing in real estate as a way to support his family, which of course, many of you are doing the same or wanting to do the same. And he was able to spend more time with them, of course. And within a short period of time, Brent was able to expand his business, hire a team and most importantly, spend time with his family while still working hard and helping others. And Brent now helps other investors learn how to buy vacant land, how to buy land. Brent, welcome to the show. And um, why, vac why vacant land, right? That's, that's my first question because it just sits there. So what is yeah. profitable explain to me the strategy what's profitable why does it make sense why should somebody even think about it yeah great question todd and you know i know your listeners on Pil pillars of wealth creation podcast look at building businesses not just being real estate investors and why vacant land i would say it kind of stems back from childhood you know i grew up in the city uh, when I say city, I mean, we had a very small yard. I could have spit on the neighbor's house. Uh, but when I turned 18, my parents had purchased 21 acres and they started to build their own house. So it really just kind of changed my, my family's legacy. You know, my parents now have something to hand down. You know, it's fun for now that, now that they have grandchildren, we all go out there and have this huge piece of land um, to play on. But it was just an amazing thing. It was like the best thing my parents ever could have done. Like that was just like a dream come true for me. So I guess it kind of stems from childhood. So I've always had a passion for land, um, but I always thought land was only for the rich. You know, banks usually don't lend on it. Um, and then I, I kind of got started in wholesaling houses and I was, I was building a business with that while still an army officer. Um, basically, I had a vision to get out of the military. And I knew I was going to accomplish it with, with real estate. So I was wholesaling houses and, you know, that was going okay, but I always would take these vacant land parcels and this lit, these lists that I would mail. And a lot of times they'd have vacant land on them. And I was mailing the tax delinquent list at that time for houses to wholesale. And I was doing this as a business. I mean, we would get the property in the contract and then sell the contract and then just turn and burn, turn and burn. 
Well, my mentor that I hired to teach me the wholesaling business said, you know, throw away the vacant land. And one day I was riding down the road. I still remember where I was at. And I heard this podcast. This guy was talking about buying uh, land at tax auctions. And that just sounded way complicated. But I was like, wait a minute, I'm throwing away the vacant land list. So I mailed that those vacant parcels of land on this tax delinquent list, the postcard I had been sending these houses and just kind of just threw it out there. There was 672 of them on this mailer. And I must have received about a hundred phone calls. Wow. So wow. I was like, oh, there's something to this. So that's why land, it turned into that from those calls, those hundred calls turned into me buying like, I think four or five parcels of vacant land. And I could get into those, but uh, that's a very long answer to a short question that you asked, Todd. <laughs> well, I, my, my, my follow-up though is, okay, you got the land, right? But it costs you money, that's it. How the heck do you make money? How the stuff? heck do you make money on <laughs> vacant? Because you're buying this piece of land and you got to pay property taxes on it. Absolutely. And I don't believe in How competition. Love it. How do you make money on land? I don't believe in competition, only collaboration, but I think that's why there's no competition in land because most people have no clue how to make money on it. So I'll tell you really, really simple how I make money. Yeah. I buy this land at a massive discount, massive discount, and I turn around and sell it to people that can afford a monthly payment, a down payment and a monthly payment. So I buy it at a super cheap discount and I sell it at a premium because I offer monthly financing. On yeah, it. So That's how I make money on it. You're basically a landlord of, of the land. You're, you're, <laughs> you're selling it, but you're selling it at owner financing. Is that 100%. right? 100%. You yeah. got it, Todd. 100% owner. That's, that's fantastic. So you're getting this monthly payment coming in. You're cash flowing. Um, you're still probably holding the title. Are you selling it? Yep. I keep the title of it. I keep ownership of it. I sell it on a land contract or contract for deed. You know, yeah. every state's a little different. Talk yeah. to your attorney when, when you set these up, because I know we had to kind of, you know, get that contract correct. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I sell it on a contract, say for instance, 65 payments at 5% interest this much per month. And when they pay that contract off, we take great pleasure to transfer that deed, record that yeah. deed in our buyer's name, and they are now landowners. So how are you getting, you said you buy them at deep discounts. Wow. Yeah. We're in a super competitive market at real yeah. estate. Any, any, anything real estate is, is competitive. <clears throat> how are you buying deep discounted properties? What are you doing? Yeah. So I send out what I call the LOL, the land offer letter. And then <laughs> if they don't answer my LOL, and the reason why I call it a LOL is because when the seller receives it, they either laugh out loud. Um, <laughs> and then when they send it back signed and I receive it back via fax, yeah, you heard me right, fax. I get faxes still. Um, and or they sign it and send it in the mail. Yeah. When they when they send it back signed to me, I usually laugh out loud <laughs> because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got another property under contract and there's this constant trickle of deals but we're really? always mailing we're always mailing offers we're always mailing the postcards we're getting in front of landowners and you know 99 out of 100 people Todd are not going to accept my my deeply discounted offer but you're going to catch that person on the right day that needs our help or wants to get rid of this burden or forgot they owned it or thought they sold it three years ago and we come across people that want to get rid of this land. You know, one man's trash turns into another man's treasure. <laughs> we literally 
create, you know, very, very happy land buyers. Yeah. You gotta... <laughs> Both so, ends there. So are you, uh, well, yeah, you, so you're creating happy sellers too. Cause you're like, finally I can get rid of this stupid piece of land. That's costing me money every single year. And we don't even use it ever, or man, we, we just, we need this money to pay the bills, whatever it might be. Um, are, are you writing an offer just, is that, is that the LOL actually has the, an offer price with it? Or is that the, just a first engagement letter saying, I'm interested in your property? Exactly. It tells them exactly what we'll pay for that parcel of land that they own. You know, sometimes it's, it's not dead on. There could be back taxes. We don't do any research Got on it. the land until we have someone that's ready, willing, and able. They raise their hand and says, I want to do business. Then sometimes we can pay what we offer. Sometimes we, we can pay a little bit more. Sometimes we can pay a little less. Yeah. Um, so it's not perfect. It's still like a shotgun approach. However, um, we try. We, we try and it gets us in the ballpark. Um, and sometimes it gets us a phone call, which is all we want. That's it. Like, hey, how, how do we do business together? And are these all on the, the tax delinquency list? Is that where you're- you know, that's where I start. You know, we start on the tax delinquent list and then eventually you exhaust that list fairly quickly. Sure. Um, there's a lot of land out there, you know, and there's a lot of counties. Uh, so we start with that and then we then we go on to, you know, I like to call it the world county list. Basically, the, all the land in the county eventually will get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, so where like all over the u.s certain geographical areas that you i am not all over the u.s there's a lot i mean there's over 3100 counties in the united states um i (laughs) there's a few like how the heck do we choose one you know i've got a i got a new student and he sent me a video and he literally had his children uh, with dartboards, uh, I, I have a new coaching student. I'm teaching how to buy and sell land, but his children are throwing darts at uh, this board. And just so happened, they picked Colorado Springs as one of them or just above it. And I was like, hey, that's my area. But really, it doesn't matter. They're going to help us. But I like Colorado. I like New Mexico, Arizona, some parts of California, Florida. That's one of my little, little honey holes. Um, but, you know, it's mostly you know, those states where there's a lot of land left type thing. I'm not messing around in like New York City or or Virginia area. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't buy and sell land and make a ton of money out there. I'm just not everywhere. You know, I've got my my specific areas where I know I can make money. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So talk to me about, you know, actually building this and scaling this as a business because you have created a true business out of buying land, which is, you know, again, like I'm not a land guy. I love, I love my, uh, I love like deer hunting. I love, uh, I, I love land. I actually own a little bit of land, uh, but I'm not doing what you do. And yeah. so you've got the expertise. How did you build a business out of this? That's been successful. And, you know, t- tell me some of the, the key ingredients that you've had, you know. And first I want to talk about these pesky deer, deer hunting. I sat for a stand 
freezing my butt off for almost a week in my deer stand. Didn't see anything. It's like 30 minutes prior to my tag expiring. I saw this tiny little buck, got this tiny little buck. But after I got my tiny little buck, now the big ones come back out. Like what's, what's up with that? (laughs) Um, (laughs) They knew you were there. They could smell you. That's all. They totally did. But uh, going back to building a business, you know, it's, it's hiring a team and, I can't say that hiring a team, getting a team, building a team, whatever it is, I can't say that I was smart or knew I needed to do this to scale this. I was forced to do it because I had a W-2 job. I was in the military. I couldn't take phone calls. I had to hide in the bathroom when I did. And uh, my, my soldiers were like, oh yeah, Lieutenant Bowers is doing another land deal. Um, so they knew what was going on. I wasn't hiding it from anybody, but I was forced to hire or start a team very very, very early. So it started with how do I read this tax delinquent list? How do I get these letters out? How do I put someone in charge to get the letters out, the LOLs out every single week? So luckily I was so busy with the army in the field in a way I had to get people to keep this rolling. And that was my biggest advantage. You know, I didn't make a ton of money because I was also paying the team. I didn't make a lot of money in the beginning, but what's cool is the team kind of stayed at the same pay rate and their pay increases with the more volume we do, but it, it keeps growing and growing and growing. And now I'm earning more and more money as the business owner. And then we expand and all that. However, that's how I was able to scale it. So each task, I would try and get a task every couple of weeks off of my plate. So I'm not doing it all on the weekends and nights and super early mornings. So that's kind of how it started. I started with, you know, who's going to scrub this list? Who's going to get the mail out? Who's going to purchase this land when the phone rings? Because before I would have to answer, you know, a voicemail and get back to that. Now my acquisition manager, she live answers and like we strike while the iron's hot. Um, so that was really it. It's building a team from the very beginning. And then, you know, just constantly having that trickle of deals coming in to where we can cherry pick what we wanted to do and what we didn't want to do. And, you know, just that's it. I can't talk more about how important it is to build a team, get people on your side, rally behind you. And a lot of people's fear with hiring a team is, well, I'm not doing anything. Right. Well, that's fine. Start doing something and share your vision. Yep. Yep. And I, I those of you who are working the, the W-2 and are like, man, I'm so busy. How can I do it all? Well, you just said it right there. That actually, that's actually can be a good thing because it actually, you know, when you start your own business, if you have all the time, you're going to take all the time and do all the tasks. And you're going to get so bogged down in all these tasks that you're not going to be growing a business. You're just going to be doing a, a hobby, right? You're, you're going to so be true. Yeah. And so if you've got your own, if you've got a, a job, right. And you're trying to do this business and you're, if you're going to do it successfully, you need to hire out immediately. That's actually a, can be a, a good thing to have a job and to learn how to scale quickly. And the, the other nice thing is when you have a job, well, guess what? You've got money coming in. And when you don't have a job, you don't have money coming in. If you haven't done any deals yet, a lot of people want to quit right away and they got no deals coming in and they can't hire. And if you've got a job, you can hire because you've got money coming in and you can 
then start making money and hire more and hire more. And it, 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 it's, I always try to could tell people, keep your job for a while. And so I like true. how you said it. Like so many people think of their job as holding them back, but you looked at your job as, well, it's actually going to propel me forward because I've got to learn how to actually run my company, like a company, like a business. So true. And it allows you to be a little bold as well. I mean, I pulled the trigger on some parcels of land that never, ever should have purchased. And I didn't lose money on them, but who cares if I did? I still had my paycheck coming in. My children were going to be fed that month, no matter what, no matter how many deals I lost money on, because I knew that Army was going to pay me in two more weeks. Thank God. Um, but now I don't have that. So I can't be as bold. I mean, so that's that job was my biggest asset because I didn't have to be the expert. Like, and another thing, it's like entrepreneurs sometimes have way too much time on their hands. You know, I'm going to start a business. I have a lot of people that retire out of the military. I'm going to start a business and they don't ever start a business because they have a 24 hour day that they think they're working because they're building their website or they're, they're uh, working on their trademark That's or so their true. logo. I mean, we did 2.9 million in 2019, still, still don't have a logo. Like, come on. And a website's ugly too. My website's ugly. You got, you got, to, get, <laughs> you got to get on that logo. You know, there is a, there is this like Fiverr. You can just hire that thing. That's out. so true. <laughs> yes. Maybe someone on my team can Time get us a logo. <laughs> Actually, I, I take that back. We do have a logo, but it, it's just, like, I don't know if it's here. official. <laughs> it's not very good. I don't know. Well, I won't tell the person what, that built it. It's not very good. But so, but so true. What you're saying right there is everybody thinks, oh, I got to have everything perfect, right? I got to have the website. It's got to be perfect, right? The website has to be awesome. It's got to be perfect. I have the logo. I got to have the business cards. I got to have the, the swag. I got to make sure I got a hat that says my company name and a shirt that, uh, you know, to be official. And then, and then, okay, what do I need next? Okay. Well, I, you know, I got to do these 20 things. And all of a sudden you've spent, you know, the last six to 12 months creating a bunch of stuff and fluff and you've got no business. What are like for, for you, um, what are some of the ways that people can actually take action, right? What, how is that? Like, how do you see that? Like the successful people that you coach, that you mentor, your success that you've had, how has that come out in those people that actually take action? Man, I, that's a great question, Todd, because, you know, the people that take action and they might fail on their first several, the people that take immediate action, they're decisive, crush this. Like I have a student that I started coaching about six months ago, he disappeared on me. And I was like, man, I guess he doesn't like me. Like, I'm thinking, oh, it's my fault. Like, maybe I said something or man, maybe my, my, my course doesn't work. And then the guy calls me and he's done six deals. Two of these deals, mind you, two alone have netted him $150,000 in net profit on two land deals. But how to how to become successful is just taking action you 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 have enough knowledge today to get you through today tomorrow's knowledge will come to get you through tomorrow don't worry about tomorrow it says this in the bible like tomorrow will worry about itself so pull the trigger today 
get the list, get the land list or the, the apartment list or the house list, whatever your venture is and whatever your business is, it might just be random business owners because you're trying to fill an office space. I don't care. Get the list. Tomorrow, you're going to mail the letters to that list. And then the next day, you're going to answer the phone of all your people. And, you know, dear God, let this letter find the right hands of the person that needs my help today. Yeah. You know, and, that's it. And repeat and keep on and, and don't stop, right? You get, Once you start the train, you got to keep the train going. So it's get those letters sent and keep on sending those letters. You know, answer the phone. Keep on answering the phone, right? You've got to continue to continue to move those train, move that train forward. You can't stop it. But like you said, you got to take action. I was talking with a good friend this morning and and that's what he, he mentioned that like, man, he's talking about a, a, a gentleman specifically that I just met and we both now know him. And, and he said, well, you know, one of the, one of the biggest issues is he tries to do everything, but he ends up doing nothing because he's trying to get it all done. And he says, I just tell him like, you need to focus on one thing and get it done and then do the next, just like what you said. So true. And if you're trying to move on to the next thing, you better have hired somebody, delegated that, automated that, and then also have a good team of counsel too. my, my team. Like I'm oh, a shiny so object. I'm glad you mentioned that <laughs> vision. What's that? <laughs> the, the, the team of counsel. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And that's, that's one of the things I'm ready for the, the, the pillars of wealth. Um, but you know, the team and the advisors and most visionaries, most entrepreneurs, and I could be wrong, but I see a shiny object and I'm like, let's go do it. Once yeah. you make money in one thing, oh, yeah. more opportunities come, but you've got to put that in a book for one day, someday, maybe, and put it on that shelf. Your someday, maybe list. Don't, start something else until you've perfected it, automated it and delegated it. Because another thing about entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. we get bored pretty quick and we're like, oh, let's do this. And then we still got this building that's halfway done. Like the, the windows are still needing to be installed type thing. <laughs> so I, it's I, I, that was my great. problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all of our problem. I, it's so true. And, and those of you who didn't hear that, don't start something new until you've perfected it, automated it, and delegated it. That was awesome. That that that's just so true because all entrepreneurs, I think, are the same. At least like ninety nine percent of us <laughs> get caught up in the shiny object and we go after something when we haven't automated, we haven't delegated, you know, we haven't perfected what we're actually, what's actually truly making us money right now. Like why go somewhere else? <laughs> right. That's so true. And hopefully we're married to someone that's not an entrepreneur, someone that's more organized to keep our head, <laughs> you know, mounted to our body. I, like I agree. My wife, Emily, she's the best for that. She's like, I thought you were going to sell that company. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah, it's it's good to have that uh, that different personality in, in the house sometimes. Um, sometimes, yeah. There's sometimes there's a little bashing of heads, but I have right. a business coach that asked me, "Would you want to be married to yourself?" And I'm like, "No, no I would kill her." her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so. Good. so what's uh, what's a mistake that you have made, and how have you actually learned from it that you could pass down to our listeners? You know, I kind of 
touched on it earlier, you know, I got a little cocky after I'd made some money on my first four or five land deals. I was almost like, you can't screw this up. So in the beginning, I was like offering like half the assessed value and, you know, pull reeling in these big fish. Well, someone called me and I saw the assessed value was like 30, um, 39,000 and the market value was like 80,000. So I just like sent the check and I was like, just whatever. And then got it and then didn't do my due diligence. Basically, that's the mistake I made. I didn't do title search. I didn't go check on the land. Um, I didn't even look at it on Google Earth, nothing. I just saw what the county said it was worth. I was getting it for like 10 cents on the dollar. No brainer, right? What can go wrong? Um, well, they had purchased it on a treasurer's deed. So it was like quiet title. And basically the, the, all that means is it's a treasurer's deed for nine years in Colorado. The, the title's clouded. I can't get title insurance on it. Um, so my buyer couldn't get title insurance because I had this land sold already. <laughs> Um, but it also turned out to be a huge pit in the ground. So it was not only uh, clouded title, but it was like this huge pit that wasn't buildable, couldn't get water, you know, and I actually made a couple of those mistakes on a couple parcels all at the same time. Um, it's because I didn't have systems in place for, you know, doing the due diligence and the checks and running title search. So it actually forced me to hire more, a, a, another team member to do those type things. And we don't close all of our parcels of land on title because sometimes if I'm spending five grand or less, I'm not going to get title insurance because that's another thousand dollars and it takes money off the seller's plate, it takes money out of my profit. But um, it's just, you know, putting those systems in place and not having them. So that was probably one of the mistakes I made with my land investing and building my business journey type thing. There's many more, but we don't have that much time today. <laughs> I mean, really, it comes down to don't cut corners, right? I mean, there you, you go. Uh, yeah, you, you cut corners and that's what you get and you deserved it, quite frankly. Oh, right? yeah. That's great. Great learning experience. Yeah, yeah. It's It sucked at the time. It was painful, but it was it was great. Great learning experience. Now, now the great thing is, too, you can pass it down to people who are listening to the show. You can pass it down to uh, anybody you're mentoring um, and they can hopefully, if they're smart, avoid that mistake. <laughs> That's so true. Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from other mis people's mistakes. Ooh, I like that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> That's all right. I stole it from somebody else. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> That's good. Um, all right. So we, we've talked, we've talked a lot about, you know, building your systems, which is great. And, um, you know, getting that team in place really early on. That, um, I think that's so valuable. What, uh, I want to, I want to kind of wrap up here, but what, what's, um, what's a daily habit that you have that you think helps with really your, your success or growing uh, your company or just getting your mind right? And I have so many of them. So one is get up early, get up early because like I have what's to early, up. like 10 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> no, usually 1030, 1030. No. So my perfect hour is 4 a.m. I do not always accomplish this goal, but I'm one of those guys I swing for the, for the moon and hit the light pole. So some mornings it might be 5 a.m., but I still have those military, um, you know, systems and, and, uh, like those rituals, because I had to get up early to get this business off the ground because I had to be at formation at 6 a.m. So 
I just kind of stuck with that. And then, you know, gratitude prayer, like thanking God for my healthy children, my wonderful wife, and, and thanking God for these things happening before they even happen. Um, and number two, or I'm sorry, I guess number three is reading books, you know, and exercising and just that keeps me in a good mood you know i'm not always in this great of a mood so exercising and working out and staying in great shape gives me confidence and helps with my emotional state so those are kind of my rituals you know get up early you know read thank god for my health and my family's health and all the amazing things that he's blessing me for in business and life um reading and exercising are you doing these all in the morning? That's yeah. And I keep it under, you know, it's all under like an hour. Like yeah. I'm not, this is not some long drawn yeah. out process. So it's just quick, easy. And the days I don't do it, man, I mean, they're not as good. Yeah. The days are not as good. They're yeah. frustrating sometimes. So it's just getting a jump on the day and a super huge jump. And the next thing is like, if I've got a huge project, sometimes I might put that stuff on the back burner and I'll just do that first thing in the morning. So that's, that's kind of my, my rituals. So, but most of the time just get it done. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I love it. Um, what's a favorite book that you can pass on to our listeners? So I was talking to you earlier about this. Sean Morrissey took this on episode 330. However, I think it's worth mentioning again, the book of the year for me is The Wealthy Gardener. The Wealthy Gardener. It's kind of a long read. However, it's just really good. It's full of stories, practical advice. I wish I would have read that many, many, many years ago. Cool, cool. Well, hey, a great book is worth mentioning twice because I guarantee you every one of my listeners did not write that book down and they did not get it. But this time they're going to know, hey, we got to get that book. So the wealthy gardener, I love it. Get the book now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So last question I have before we wrap up, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? So the first pillar is I didn't know all this stuff. So the first one is standing on the shoulders of giants, Um, you know, modeling as uh, I think Tony Robbins calls it modeling, Um, hiring a coach, someone that's already been there, whether it be an entire coach could be the wealthy gardener. You know, he talks about these things. You could, you could literally hire a coach by getting the right books. You know, they don't know you're hiring them. You're just buying the books. So education, mentorship, you know, getting someone that's going to hold you accountable, um, education, and then actually taking the action. So that's the first pillar of wealth. It's because why try and figure this out? I mean, you can watch YouTube videos for the next two and a half years, or you can hire a coach and they can have you doing it in a couple months. Uh, number two, number two is passive income for myself. That's one pillar of wealth. You know, always have that passive income coming in. Every single land parcel we do is going to pay us for many, many, many months. So we don't start over everyone. We just expand, expand, expand. And now we're, we're toying with 30 year mortgages for some of our land deals, uh, which is amazing. Um, Cause we know we're going to be paid for 30 years on this deal. Hopefully do, do, they'll do probably pay bank, it off. Do banks <laughs> offer 30 year mortgages on land? Not that I know of. Yeah. I know so some you guys are banks. kind of creating a, you know, your own little niche there with, offering a, such a large long-term mortgage and it makes sense, right? Yeah. Keep that and cash flow coming. 
at the end of the day, we're just, uh, you know, every deal, whether it's $99 a month or $700 a month, it, it adds to the passive income coming yeah. in each month. Yeah. Um, so well, the beautiful thing with land is it's not like you're there cutting the grass. You're not there fixing the toilet. You know, you're, you're not, you're not doing any of that or you don't have to hire anybody to go do that. That's so true. So true. There's nothing to steal. No toilets to fix. <laughs> I hate toilets. Um, and then the last pillar is real estate. You know, we have a couple different categories of real estate that we invest in. The number one is land. Um, but there's also some leftover funds. And, and I will say a negative thing about land is there's nothing to depreciate. So if your goal mm -hmm. is tax shelters, you know, look into buildings, this office building that I'm in, you know, money from land went into this building for the acquisition and, and the renovation, uh, apartment complex, houses, you know, we kind of diversify with all those, you know, really when the opportunity comes and it's discounted, we jump on it. Um, but those are my three pillars, you know, education, mentorship, all the same thing, pass, and then passive income and then real estate. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, Brent, look, I've, I've look, I really have appreciated this conversation. I think it's been awesome. I think you've given a lot of golden nuggets to our audience. What, uh, what ways can our listeners get in touch with you, learn more about what you got going on, learn how about how to do land deals like you're doing? How can they reach you? Yeah, you know, hit me up on Facebook. Uh, my handle is Brent L. Bowers or go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. That's uh, wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. Um, book a call with me or someone on the team. Love to see if uh, we can help you out, see if uh, our goals align and love to be someone's mentor as well. And, you know, building a passive income business at the end of the day, it's not about the real estate. It's about yeah. the solving people's problems and getting paid for the next 30 years. Oh man. I love that. You just said that it's so true. So many people get caught up. It's all about the real estate. No, no, no. It's still just like every other business. We got to solve people's problems. I mean, That's look at Amazon. They are solving so many problems. There's, there's a reason why yeah. they're the fastest growing company and they're about to name the owner, Jeff Pesos, probably the richest man on earth here very soon, but yeah. look how many problems he's solving. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, again, really appreciate the time that you've been able to spend with us and, and all the uh, knowledge that you've been able to give us. So thanks a lot. And you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for having me on the Pillars of Wealth Creation podcast. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. 
and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.